This podcast is brought to you by The City Church in Mississauga, Ontario. For more information, please visit thecitychurch.ca. We hope you are encouraged by this message from our lead pastor, Frank Coulter. Good morning again. It's great to see you all again this week. Hey, I just want to make mention of Easter last weekend. Um, we actually had the most people we've had in this building on a weekend uh, last weekend. So you guys did a fantastic job inviting people <clears throat> to church. And it proves two things. Uh, there's a lot more people that call the city church home than are here this morning. And the second thing is, hey, people will come to church if you invite them. So we just don't want to make it an Easter thing. We can Any weekend of the year, you can invite someone to come to church uh, and promise them lunch afterwards or something, but invite people to church. Uh, church is for everyone, not just for a few. Amen? And one other thing, I know that a lot of you think sometimes when I tell stories about my wife that I exaggerate, which is kind of true, I do sometimes. But um, do you remember I mentioned about my wife going outside with her arms out like this? One of my daughters actually took a picture of my wife last summer standing outside trying to get a butterfly to land on her with their arms out to the side. So that part was true. I'm not sure about the rest of it, but that part of the story was true. So I just want to confirm that for you. All right, we are in uh, week three of our series that we have called Conversations with Jesus. So what we're doing, uh, we've done it for two weeks, we're going to do it for a little bit longer, just looking in the scriptures, looking in the gospel accounts of Jesus' life. And we have all of these wonderful accounts, these four gospel stories, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, uh, the, the historical nature of Jesus' life, his discussions with individuals, what he said, how they responded, how he spoke to certain things. And we are supposed to be Jesus' disciples, in other words, learners of Jesus, that he is our mentor and we are his protégés. And so we're supposed to be learning from him. So we're just going to spend a few weeks just specific out of the Gospels and read some of the things that Jesus said and learn from those things. So, so far we've looked at this idea that we, we said week one was Jesus Christ. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means the anointed one, the chosen one, the Messiah, the Savior. And because he is those things, it's very important for us to look at his teaching, look at what he said. Um, because of the resurrection, which we celebrated specifically last week, that Jesus' teaching takes on a whole different level of importance in our lives. In the first week, we talked about that he is a prophet, priest, and king. And then we talked about how his word is seed in our lives, that we want to sow the seed of God's word, his thoughts, his ways, in the soil of our hearts so that God's word can produce a harvest in our lives. And then two weeks ago, we looked at the idea that Jesus is our healer, that Christ is a healer. So if you missed those messages, you can go back and listen to those either on our website or on the app or on iTunes from our podcast. So as we celebrated the resurrection uh, last Sunday, one of the big ideas that we see in Christianity and one of the big ideas that the resurrection brings forward to us is this idea of forgiveness. That God is a perfect God and then he forgives imperfect humanity because of the sacrifice of Jesus. Jesus shed his blood, took our sin. The scripture says that he became sin who knew no sin, that we would be called the righteousness of God. So forgiveness is a big part of the gospel story, a big part of our relationship with God, is this idea of forgiveness. 
Now, not only is it a big part of our um, relationship with God, but it is a big part of our relationship with other people. That God is giving us the key to relationships. Uh, the key to our relationship with God comes from forgiveness. And the thing about God and our relationship with God is that we never have to forgive God, right? God is perfect. God is just. God is righteous. So within the context of our relationship with God, we are never forgiving God, but he is always forgiving us. Now, the same is not true with our relationship with other people, that within the context of our relationship with other people, we are going to have to forgive each other. We are imperfect humans, and so we're going to mess up, we're going to make mistakes, and we're going to have to learn to forgive each other. Matthew chapter 6, let's turn over there this morning. Matthew chapter 6, and this is a big part of this Jesus Sermon on the Mount, and in uh, these few verses that we're going to talk about here, we're going to read uh, the Lord's Prayer, a very, very famous prayer, and we, we talked about prayer in January. But I'm not so, going to so much focus on prayer, but I'm just going to look at a few verses after the Lord's Prayer. But let's just read it in context here. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 says this. Jesus says, that, Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let's continue reading. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now we are way more familiar with what we call the Lord's Prayer, then we are those two verses that, that come immediately after the Lord's Prayer. And I think those two verses are pretty important. Talking about forgiveness. In the middle of the prayer there, hey God, uh, you know, we want your forgiveness and we're going to forgive other people. And then it says this, if you do not forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So what does that exactly mean? Is our forgiveness, is our eternity predicated on the fact that if we forgive and then somehow God has the permission to forgive us? Is that what it's saying? Well, no, we would read this in context of the greater story of scripture, that our salvation is not dependent on the fact that we forgive other people, but it has a great impact in the context of our relationship with God. That as we are spending time in prayer, the thing, one of the things that we would be asking God for, remembering that when we come short, when we sin, that we can come to God for forgiveness. Something that we actually desire from God. Something that we are wanting from God. Are we then willing to give that same thing to other people, namely forgiveness? So we're not earning forgiveness by giving forgiveness to other people. And our actions don't give us salvation, but our actions are evidence of salvation. And one of the things that is true and it should be evidence of our salvation, should be evidence of our relationship with God, is our willingness to forgive others since we ourselves have received forgiveness within the context of our relationship with God, within the context of our salvation. So, let me ask, ask you a question this morning, and, and let's just all think for a second. Have you ever been hurt by another person? 
I know the answer is true, yes, for all of us. And the question is, where do these hurts come from? Where do these difficulties within the context of relationship come from? Where are these struggles that we're feeling? Now, is it the person that cuts us off, you know, as we try to get on the highway and they're not going to let us on? You know, we might feel that for a few seconds. And then, depending how much we've prayed up this morning, there might be hand gestures involved. We don't know what's going on. So we've had our coffee or not, depending on how good a mood we're in or not. Depending on how Christian we are that morning, uh, that morning will, uh, will, our reaction will come out and will follow. And, you know, we might feel things like that from strangers and they will be short-lived. But the pain that we actually feel in the context of relationship, the struggle that we feel uh, in the context of trying to forgive other people, really is from the people that are close to us. Because those are the hurts that are lasting. Those are the hurts that we aren't necessarily expecting because we we have uh, a love as a for friends with somebody we're a long time know somebody for a few years and all of a sudden they say something or all of a sudden they do something or all of a sudden they betray a confidence or maybe they make uh, a sarcastic remark and then it, it really cuts you know to our hearts and then we maybe are struggling afterwards like why did they say that why did they do that what did i do and why did this thing happen or in even more severe cases, someone that you have been married to. So big, those big hurts happen in the context of marriage. And we, we all maybe know someone or have been involved in a marriage that just didn't work. And so we have these feelings towards this person in the context of, of a broken relationship. Those are the times when it might be harder to say to somebody, I forgive you. Or to even want to say it. I desire to forgive you. I desire to to set you free in this area. But Jesus is saying to us, it's very important for us to learn to forgive. Not Not just to want forgiveness from God. But it is a key to understanding our relationships. And how for us to have successful long term relationships. Whether it's friendships, whether it's marriages whatever the case may be, for us to have successful long-term relationships, you have to learn how to forgive. Luke chapter 17, verse 3 says this. Pay attention to yourselves. Now, before we keep reading, I just think it's really interesting that in a section of scripture that Jesus is going to talk about forgiving other people, the first few words are about paying attention to ourselves. And it really is so much easier for us just to think about what other people do or don't do or their shortcomings or how much they've hurt us. But here in the context of forgiveness, Jesus starts out by saying, pay attention to yourself. If your brother sins rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day and turns to you seven times, saying, I repent, you must forgive him. Verse 5, the apostle said, Lord, increase our faith. (laughs) And that would be true, right? It's hard not only to forgive somebody once, but what about a bunch of times? What about seven times? Another scripture we're going to read later says seven times 70. That seven in the scripture is actually the number of perfection. 
And I think that gives us a big key, a big insight into how we can have successful relationships. Because our relationship with God is not just about our relationship with God. It is supposed to move into our relationship with other people. That God gives us forgiveness. That's how we have a successful relationship with God. How are we going to have successful relationships with others? And Jesus says, pay attention to yourself. Pay attention to myself, but they're the ones doing wrong. They're the ones that have wronged me. And I, and I can tell you how they've wronged me, and I can tell you the day of the week and what they were wearing and what the weather was when they hurt me, when they did this, when they said this. But Jesus said, pay attention to yourself. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. So there's some insight here how to work some things out. That if you, if you have an offense, if you face an offense from somebody, once again, to somebody that we don't know, a lot of times we don't spend a lot of time thinking about somebody that we know, what should we do? Should we tell five or six other people? Should we Facebook it? Should we tweet it? Should we come up with a meme that we're going to put online and just say how hard my life is because of the people that I know? Or are we going to actually learn to forgive other people? Learn in, in the context, I got to go talk to this person. We, we have a thing going on between us. What, what should we do? I, I got to go and I got to talk to them. And, and what, a lot of times if you actually go and talk to somebody that you know, it's a misunderstanding, it's a struggle, and you said this, oh no, I didn't mean that. And you're like, oh good, because it really hurt, blah, blah, blah. The majority of things in life can be worked out with just a simple conversation. Have you found this out? It's good. If you can go and you can work out some misunderstandings and you can be like, oh, it's, you take responsibility, I'll take responsibility, and then we can work some things out. There's other things that in life that are a little bit more severe, a little bit harder. Those small things, we can work those things out and we can find forgiveness easy and somebody has admitted to it and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, and they're apologizing. So much easier to forgive somebody when they apologize. Has anybody found this out? What about for those situations, those a little bit more severe situations, when they don't apologize? And they're not going to apologize. And they feel justified in their actions. Those severe cases where relationships are just blown up, marriages just get blown up, they don't feel sorry. They're not going to say. And you might not actually ever see them again. How are we going to work through forgiveness in that context? Because they're not actually saying so, or they're not actually taking responsibility for what they said or for what they did. Are we then absolved from this idea that I should forgive? Just because they're not saying sorry, do I not forgive somebody? Remember what the first part of what Jesus said. He said, pay attention to yourselves. Because over the long term, unforgiveness hurts you more than it does the offender. Because sometimes they don't even know. Sometimes they're not even struggling with it. And we can get stuck in unforgiveness and then it ends up hurting us 
over the long term. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14 says this, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one fails to obtain the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springs up and causes trouble, and by it many become defiled. Bitterness. The scripture says there, a root of bitterness. Jesus said, hey, pay attention to yourself. The scripture is telling us here, watch out for a root of bitterness. Something that would grow on the inside that's going to start small. When something starts with a root, it's going to start small. It's going to start with a hurt. It's going to start with damage. It's going to start with words that somebody said to you. And what can happen with this root of bitterness if we don't get rid of it? It's going to what? It's going to spring up and it's going to cause trouble. And by it, many become defiled. Have you ever started a friendship with somebody and then all of a sudden something came up in the context of that friendship and they were upset at you because of something somebody else had done? And they were going to expect you to do the same thing that this other person did to them. And what was going on there? They just had a root of bitterness that they hadn't dealt with. And now it was causing poison in other relationships. Because they didn't deal with this root of bitterness. What does bitterness mean? Bitterness means a feeling of anger and resentment. Caused particularly by a perceived unfairness in suffering. Or by adverse circumstances. Listen to what also bitterness. It means discontented. It means chafed. What does that mean? It means, it means to rub up against. Has anyone ever rubbed up against you and then just basically made you really mad? Come on now. I know we're in church, so let's tell the truth today. Has anyone rubbed up against you and it just basically just really ticked you off? There's a chafing involved. And anytime there's a chafing involved, we have to be careful that we don't, that we don't then, because of their actions, let a root of bitterness grow up in me. Jesus said, hey, I want you to think about yourselves. I'm going to talk about forgiveness, but I want you to think about how this is going to affect you if you don't learn how to forgive. Forgiveness. It's, it's deep set in salvation. It's deep set in a spiritual truth. But it also is deep set in practical application of our lives. This is huge for people. I've, I, you know, I've talked to people over the years, you know, as you do pastoring and Somebody will come and talk to you and they will say, you know, this thing happened and, and this, they, they said this and then they did this. And I'm like, man, I'm so sorry that that happened to you. And, you know, I ask the question, assuming that the answer will be last week. Well, when did this ha- thing happen? And I'm assuming it was like last week and they're like 15 years ago. And, I'm, and, and the way they're telling the story to me, it's like it just happened yesterday. And what's happening in situations like that? There is a chafing. 
that they just haven't let go of. Bitterness also means heavy. That we can become heavy or weighed down because of the actions of others in the past. They did this. They said this. Now, I wish I could tell you today that they aren't going to continue to say that and do that. And I wish I could tell you that it wasn't going to be Christians sometimes that are going to do the chafing. But it is. And the key for us is not to try to correct all of humanity. The key for us is not to let a root of bitterness grow up. And to be burdened down. And to be uh, constantly chafing on the inside because of bitterness. You know that forgiveness is a sacrifice. There is sacrifice involved in forgiveness. Now, where does the ult- when we think about the ultimate forgiveness, where does that come from? It comes from Jesus' sacrifice, right? Jesus became sin so that we can be the righteousness of God, that we could be in right relationship with God. And so there was a sacrifice made for sin. Sacrifice made for forgiveness. Now, when we decide to forgive, there is going to be a sacrifice involved. What are we sacrificing when we decide to forgive? Partly, we're sacrificing to keep talking about it. That thing that happened 15 years ago or 10 years ago, that we just have to decide to stop talking about it. You have to get tired of the sound of your voice telling that story. That story where they did the thing what they shouldn't have done. They shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't have said it. It shouldn't have happened. But you got to get tired of telling that story. You got to get, because every time we tell that story, we are chafing ourselves. We are rubbing it again. Does anybody know what I'm talking about today? And we rub it, and then we rub it, and then it becomes sore again because we're telling the story. And then we are causing our own problems. We're causing our own issues. Part of the definition there of of bitterness was unfair. It's unfair. Which is a, a, a word that teenagers use. So I hear, not my own. Teenagers, other teenagers. That's unfair. Do you know that I, I don't even like the phrase fairness because, and we can argue about this later, but fairness is all about subjectivity. Fairness is all about what I think is fair. And we, you could argue round and round, well, this is fair. No, this is fair, and this is fair, and it's all about my desires. It's all about the things that I like. It's all about the things I want. And so when something comes my way that doesn't line up with those things, what do I say? It is unfair. It is not right. And partly we're our own worst judge. We judge others so harshly. But ourselves, we are so easy on ourselves. Aren't we? And everything we think and everything that we decide 
it's just fair, isn't it? Because I think it and that I decide it and it lines up with my desires. But part of forgiveness is all about sacrifice, sacrificing those things. And what else am I sacrificing when I decide to forgive? What I'm also sacrificing vengeance. I'm sacrificing getting revenge on that person. In other words, because they did wrong, what I have to sacrifice if I am going to forgive them is I have to sacrifice the hit back. Because the hit back is pretty much just the easiest thing to do, isn't it? Right? And especially if it happens in the context of words and there's words going on. And they say this, and then you just want to hit back with words. You just want to say something back. And partly what's happening when I'm going to decide to forgive is I am giving up my chance for vengeance. Romans chapter 12, verse 18 says this. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Tremendous thoughts right there before we keep reading. If possible... So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So in other words, I'm going to make this choice. Now, other people might not make this choice with me. They might choose not to live peaceably with me. They might choose to be saying things and doing things. And over the long term, that eventually you just can't be in relationship with someone who over and over again is just going to put you in a situation where you're having to like make all of these choices to forgive. And sometimes we just need to love people from afar. And pray for them. And say, Lord, help them, bless them. But as the scripture says here, as, as, as for my choice, what I'm going to choose to do. If possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Verse 19, beloved, never avenge yourselves. Ah, isn't that a hard one? Come on now, that's a hard one. Because why? Why is that hard? Because sometimes they're wrong and you're right. They're just flat wrong. I mean, and I've got scripture to back it up. God says they're wrong. But what is the scripture telling us here? Beloved, never avenge yourself. Why? The, the problem is our thoughts of fairness. And we are imperfect judges of other people. Why? Because we are imperfect. Our thoughts of fairness have all to do with how it makes me feel. And if it has all to do with how I feel, then it makes me an imperfect judge. Unlike God, who is completely impartial and who is righteous. He is the righteous judge of the world, the scripture says. So what are we going to do? We're never avenge ourselves, but leave it to the wrath of God. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. So in other words, we're going to let God decide. We're going to leave them in the hands of God. I am not going to pay back, but I'm just going to leave them with God. I'm going to let God judge them. Are you with me today? Come on now. 
I'm going to give up. I'm going to sacrifice. What am I going to sacrifice? I'm going to sacrifice the hit back. I'm going to sacrifice payback. I'm going to sacrifice the get back. Why? Because if, if we don't sacrifice it, do you understand that that fight could go on forever? Because if you are in a fight with someone who doesn't stop hitting, and I don't mean physically, just back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. Have you ever been back and forth with somebody? Ad nauseum. Maybe somebody you're married with. I don't know. You go back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and it's just, if, if no one is going to stop, then it's going to be a never-ending battle. It's going to be a never-ending fight. And that's chafing on your heart. That's a heavy way to live. To always be deciding, how am I going to get back? How am I going to pay back? Jesus said, hey, I want you to think about yourselves when it comes to forgiveness. We're going to forgive. We're going to let them go because it's the same thing that we desire from God. Forgive means to pardon. It means releasing sinners from judgment. It means to pardon for a fault or an offense. To excuse payment for a debt owed. Now, a lot of times people don't want to forgive. And one of the reasons that they don't want to forgive is that they would say this. And I understand this. They would say, well, if I forgive that person, me forgiving them is saying what they did was right. If I just let it go, if I just let it go, it's like me affirming their actions. No, the opposite is actually true. That you are actually acknowledging that what they did was wrong. But what you're not going to do is you are not going to pay back. You are not going to get back. You are not going to hit back. That you are going to forgive. And the scripture is telling us we are doing this for our own sakes. That we are not their judge. That we are not their savior. Have you figured this out that you can't make other people do right? Have you figured this out so far? You are not going to do it. You are not going to make other people do what you want them to do. And if we are stuck trying to do that, we're trying to force them to do this and force them to do this. What are we doing with our lives and our heart? We are chafing ourselves. We are rubbing it and it's just too heavy to carry. Let's turn over to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. Verse 23, and it says this. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. New self. What the scripture is always calling us to what Jesus is calling us to, what the New Testament is calling us to, is this new self, this new identity found in Christ. Over and over again, we see this in the New Testament. You are in Christ. You are in Him. 
In other words, we're starting with a new starting place of who I am, a new self. And where is this new self come from? Created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. How is it that we became righteous and holy? It's because God forgave us. God forgave us. God forgave us. God forgave us. God forgave us for things that were wrong, the things that were sin, things that were we missed the target. That's what it means to sin. When there's a bullseye to target and you miss the target, that's what sin is. And there was a sacrifice involved in that forgiveness. God forgave us because of Jesus' sacrifice on the cross. It's a brand new identity. We have a brand new starting place. And it isn't vengeance. It isn't get back. It isn't hit back. And this is where the world is. Today, still. But here Jesus is saying, the scripture is telling us, we have a brand new identity. Verse 25, I'm just going to read you a bunch of verses here before we get to some other verses. Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. And give no opportunity to the devil. The thief no longer steal, but rather let him labor doing honest work with his own hands so that he may have something to share with anyone in need. Verse 29, let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up as it fits the occasion, that it may give grace to those who hear. Now listen, verse 30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Holy Spirit comes in, he seals us, he gives us forgiveness, he redeems us. We don't want to grieve him. Verse 31, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So what's the standard that God is calling us to in this new identity? That God in Christ has forgiven us, so then we are supposed to be tender-hearted. We're supposed to put away bitterness and anger, all of the things that we feel when somebody hurts us, when somebody damages us. And let me reiterate, I am not minimizing what has happened to you today, big or small. There are people in here today who have gone through terrible, terrible situations. And I'm not minimizing any of those situations. But what I am saying and what I am trying to emphasize to you today, that the path to freedom, the path away from the chafing, the path away from the heaviness that you feel because of what was done to you is forgiveness. Forgiveness. Some of the definitions of the, the word forgiveness, it means to release it. 
going to release it. Another one says to wipe away. Another one says to send away. In the Old Testament, there was something called a scapegoat. Now, we all use that term. They're just a scapegoat. And what, what is a scapegoat? Somebody we're placing the blame on. And what they would do in the Old Testament, they would have two goats. They would have one that they would sacrifice for sin. And then they would have another goat, a scapegoat, that they would impugn or they would put the sin on the goat. And what that other goat do, what they would just send it away. And that's what we're doing when we forgive. We're going to got to let it go. See, for a lot of people, the only thing that they have is their pain. The only thing they have is the thing that happened to them. It has defined their lives so much. But forgiveness says, I'm, I'm going to release that. We should not want to define our lives by what has happened to us. What, by someone who hasn't treated us right. Someone who hasn't done right by us. Someone who disregarded us, didn't care about us. Why would we hold it? Instead, let's release it. And by setting them free, we're setting ourselves free. Jesus said, hey... I want you to forgive other people, but listen, think about yourself. This affects you. If you aren't going to let it go, you are holding yourself in the past. You are holding yourself in a place with that person who doesn't actually love you, who didn't care about you. Why would we want to stay? Let's let it go. Let's wipe it away. Let's wash it away and let's live free. In our relationship with God, who gives us forgiveness. He sets us free from our past. So let's not us hold on to our past. Let's let it go. It's too heavy to carry. Let's stop chafing ourselves with bitterness. Matthew chapter 18. We're almost done here. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say seven times, but 70 times. Seven. But 70 times. Seven times. Verse 23. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. So Jesus now is going to tell us a parable about forgiveness. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. Now the message uh, paraphrase says, calls this $100,000, just as an example. So someone came to him in this kingdom, someone who owed the king $100,000, let's call it. Verse 25. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, 
Have patience with me and I will pay you everything. Verse 27, and out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him the debt. But when that same servant went out, which servant? The servant that had just been forgiven. He found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii, or the message says, ten bucks. So here he had just been forgiven of a hundred thousand, and he had somebody who owed him ten bucks. And seizing him, began to choke him, saying, pay me what you owe. So his fellow servant fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went and put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw that he had, what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. His master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have mercy on your fellow servant as I have had mercy on you? So there's the big question for us today. Should we not have mercy on others because God has had mercy on us? It wasn't right. They shouldn't have done it. They shouldn't have said it. But still, what we have done wasn't right. We shouldn't have said it. We shouldn't have done it. And God had mercy on us, didn't he? Did God have mercy on us? Did God have mercy on us? And forgive us of our sins? Yes. And I'm telling you, this is the secret to free living, non-heavy, non-burdened down living. See, what happens to us when we, when we hold on to the imperfections of others, we are then making ourselves responsible for their humanity. I'm holding on to it because of something they did wrong. And they did this wrong, and they did this wrong, and they did this wrong. And so we're holding on to imperfect humanity. Why would we bother? Why would we hold on to that? When we forgive, oh, we let it go. They couldn't be perfect anyway. So we let it go. We release it. We wipe it away. We send it away from us. We forgive. We release ourselves from the past. See, forgiveness, there's two sides to the same coin. God gives us forgiveness, but the other side of the coin is we forgive others. He wants us to live in forgiveness. He wants us to live realizing that he has forgiven us, that he has set us free, that we are no longer in bondage to our past, our past mistakes. Why then would we choose to hold ourselves 
to someone else's past mistakes. And we do that when we don't forgive. When we live in unforgiveness, when we live in the heaviness of bitterness. God wants us to live free. He wants us to live free. See, when somebody else chooses wrong, let's not follow that up with another wrong choice, which would be to live in unforgiveness. Let's make a different choice. Everybody, put your hands out like this right now. Can you think of they for a second? Can you think of them for a second? Can you think of that pain that you might feel when you think about that thing? What are we going to do? We're going to let it go. We're going to set it free. We're going to set them free. We're going to set our past free. Amen. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your forgiveness today. Lord, we want to focus on your love today, not the imperfections of others. Father, we let it go. We set them free. Lord, today we decide to forgive. We move past our past. We make a different choice today, Lord. We make a choice to move forward in you forward in your love, forward in your grace. Lord, we press on to follow you. We don't want to live in the past anymore. We don't want to live with their mistakes. We don't want to live with their choices. And Father God, we just pray for them today. We pray that you would help them and bless them, Lord, and heal them. Because God, we know that hurting people hurt people. And for whatever the situation is, Lord, that they chose to do that thing, to make that choice, we pray that you help them today, Lord, and we just set them free. We place them in your hands. Lord, and we choose to live free today, Lord. We choose to live in your forgiveness, the forgiveness that you give and the forgiveness that you call us to give to others. Thanks for listening. If you need prayer or would like to share how this message has impacted you, please email info at thecitychurch.ca.